As farmers look ahead to 2022, between inflation, high input costs, and uncertainty at home and abroad, there is a lot to worry about. What does that mean in terms of their outlook for next season? That's today on Field Posts. DTN Progressive Farmer podcast that dives deeper into the most important trends in agriculture to explore the business's cutting edge. I'm your host, Sarah Mock. DTN has been tracking farmer sentiments about the present and future of ag markets since 2010 through a triannual survey, which becomes the Ag Confidence Index. The latest numbers have arrived and the verdict is clear. Though things are looking good in many parts of the country today on farms, the future looks much more uncertain. This week, we're joined by DTN Progressive Farmer Editor-in-Chief Greg Horsmeyer, who will take us beat by beat through the latest ag confidence numbers and break down the concerns farmers are reporting about the year ahead. We'll also discuss how an ambiguous trade and policy outlook, drought, and even COVID-19 are affecting perspectives, and we'll dig deeper into what might come next right after this word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by MyDTN. In today's environment, it's essential, more than ever, to get the most current and accurate information to help save your valuable resources and continue to be profitable. Get access to all the information you need to deal with this change from DTN. As the leading independent, trusted source of actionable insights and market information, MyDTN gives you accurate weather forecasts, the most extensive database of grain bids, and the most timely news and analysis from our award-winning news team. These features and more are available 24-7 via desktop, laptop, and any mobile device to be with you on the go. Learn more at mydtn.com and start a free 14-day trial. Now, back to the show. Editor-in-chief at DTN Progressive Farmer Greg Horsmeyer joins us today to talk about the latest news on DTN's Ag Confidence Index. Greg, some very interesting numbers for sure coming in from DTN's Ag Confidence Index. I wonder if you could start by just talking a little bit about how DTN gets this information. Where does it come from? Great question, Sarah. Yeah. So we've been doing the um, Agricultural Confidence Index since 2010. We started it at that time in the height of when farm prices were strong, a lot of things were going on. Farmers were in you know, really good mood uh, at that time. And we thought there's never really been a pulse on how farmers felt about things. So we started it then. What we do is we have a call center that's connected with our Progressive Farmer magazine down in Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, they do a lot of call phone surveys for us. And this is a phone survey. We call at least 500 farmers every time. So they keep calling until they get 500 and some farmers in the database. We figured that's the, that statistically, that's a bottom line number to make sure that we're, the numbers are consistent from time to time so that we make sure we, we keep some statistical relatively strength there. They're basically asked uh, a series of better same 
worse questions about their income, about revenue, about their grain prices. And the, the format basically follows the, the consumer confidence index, which is done the same way. And so basically farmers are asked, what do you think your revenue will be like this year? Is it better than last year, the same as last year, worse than last year? And then that question is then flipped and, and they're asked, what do you think your revenue in this case situation will be like a year from now? Better than today, the same as today, worse than today. And those numbers, those that, all those questions are put together, and basically two sets of numbers are put together. One of them is two scores, we call them. One of them is what we call the farmer's present situation score. So that's the number, how everybody feels about today, whether it's better than a year ago or worse than a year ago. And then the second set of second score is what we call future expectations. And that's what do farmers think about the future? What do they think they'll be better off a year from now than they are today or worse off a year from now than they are today? And those two scores are then added together and mathematics applied and the actual index comes up. So basically the agricultural confidence index that we report is a number that takes into effect how do farmers think about today and what do they think about the future? So what is their mood going into the, to the future? Yeah, that's so interesting. And I'm curious to kick off this conversation here. What were some of the top line results from this survey? Where are farmers in terms of their confidence going into the 2022? It's uh, it's interesting. And I, I don't know that there'll be a lot of surprises on this, but the number, the index itself is down. It's down uh, about 18 points. So it's 90, it's right now it's 99, which is what we basically call baseline. So just to back up a second, when we started this we in 2010, we created a set of these numbers. And then as you move forward in history, in future, all the scores are compared to that number. So 2010 was 100. That's the, the baseline. Anything above that, so 101 to 200, is, is optimism. Farmers are, are happier about their situation than they were in 2010, because that's our baseline. If it's below 100, then they're pessimistic. So this time, the overall index is 99, which is essentially neutral. We think of anything in the 90s as neutral, but that is down 18 points from when we did this in August before harvest came in. So farmers are a little more pessimistic than they were back in August, but it's down significant from December of 2020, 47 points below what we were a year ago. So farmers are much more pessimistic today about the future and about their general situation than, than they were a year ago and a little more pessimistic than they were back in August. I'm curious how you are tracking what the potential motivations for those changes are. A nearly 50-point drop-off seems extreme coming off of the same time last year. What are the top motivators of that are driving this pessimism? Yeah. Well, one of the things that, that plays into there is where those two scores that we talked about are, are relative to each other. So we've had years, for example, where the index is down but that's mostly down because farmers are really pessimistic about their current situation and maybe neutral about the future. And sometimes it's been down because farmers are really excited about the present, but their pessimism about the future wipes that out. They may have had a 150 about their present, and then they've got a 50 
about the future. So that's all has to be in relative terms. When you look at it this time, it's the future that's really bringing that number down. Farmers are fairly actually positive and and optimistic rather about their current situation. That, That present score is 170. And that's very high. The record for that is around 200 over the since 2010, since we've been doing that. So still 170, very high in the optimism range. What has changed that or brought that down into sort of pessimistic territory is what farmers feel about the future. And there, the score for their attitude about the future expectations is a 60. So they're at 170 about present. I've gotten good prices for my grain. I'm relatively happy with the way things are going, fairly confident about my current situation. But as they look down the road, they're, they're giving themselves a score of a 60, which means I'm really worried about the future. And that's a pretty big, there's been some drops, some different differences between those two scores that have been that, that great over the past. But this is pretty big. This is a pretty big drop between how I feel about today and what do I feel about a year from now. And the main driver on that, I think we can pretty easily, if you've been watching the news at all lately, we can probably figure out what those things are. The big one is input costs. So a year ago, December 2020, present situation was a 166, so almost flat from where we are today. Grain prices were good. December a year ago, very good. Cattle prices were fairly decent. And China was in the marketplace. And so things were really looking up. So overall, things were looking pretty positive um, about that present and also looking pretty positive into the future. Fast forward to today, actually a couple of weeks ago, the, the, the phone calls were made in the middle of November, just right before Thanksgiving. But if you think about what was in the news around that time, there's this word inflation that we've not been using for a long time in this country, especially in farm country. We really haven't worried about inflation for a long time. And the latest number is like 6.8 or 6.9%, I think, inflation back in October, very high levels historically. So that has to be weighing on farmers' minds, as well as input costs. A year ago, grain prices were solid. Grain prices are still pretty strong right now. But a year ago, we were paying $300 a ton for nitrogen fertilizer. And now we're up over $1,000 a ton if you can get it for nitrogen fertilizer. We've seen some similar things in terms of tractor parts because of the the supply chain issues that, you know, we've been writing about that a lot at DTN and, and Progressive Farmer. And those issues continue to drive up the cost of tractor parts and tires and things. Diesel and crude oil prices, of course, are up. So when we think about farmers worry about the future, the, the concern to me seems to be, I, I'm, I've got re- it, revenue is coming in fairly strong. In fact, USDA just reported this week that farm revenue for 2021 is going to be what, almost $117 billion, $22 billion higher than what it was last year. So revenue is super strong right now compared to what it, what it was a year ago. But input costs have just really cranked up. And so putting myself in the farmer's head, it's like I got a lot of money coming in, but I'm, it's going out as fast as I can make it. Yeah, I'm I want to dig into this inflation question a little bit deeper as well because I think yeah, we've done a ton of reporting here on the podcast about yeah, those record high fertilizer prices and we're also seeing ag 
agribusiness companies reporting record profits in the 2021 year. But it's not just on the the kind of farm business side that farmers are experiencing this inflation. It's it's in the rest of kind of their life and in the rest of the economy. And then also, I'm I'm curious how much this might be those fears of inflation as a what you alluded to that that a thing that we haven't encountered for really a generation or more and how much of this is just maybe supply chain issues or something that it has become a big factor in the short term but it could easily be cleared up at some point yeah it's a very good question and it, it's hard to put a real fine point on that we we don't ask specific questions or, around some of those things we did this time though tack on a couple of questions in addition to the normal better, same, worse questions that we ask for the index itself. But we asked a couple of questions about input costs and about inflation this time, knowing that those things were probably on farmers' minds. And I have to say, I was pretty shocked um, as to how much they are on farmers' minds. You touched on it in that, sure, farmers are worried about their current input costs and, and how those are going up and the inflationary pressure on that. But we specifically asked how concerned farmers were about global inflation and how overall inflation would affect the farm economy in, in going into the future. And I expected that we would get you know some concern out of that. Everybody's concerned about inflation. But we asked them, are they not concerned? Are they somewhat concerned, very concerned, or extremely concerned? And 95% of the farmers we talked to were either somewhat concerned or extremely concerned about overall inflation affecting the farm economy, not just farm inflation, not just their prices, but overall global inflation. Almost 80% were in that some in that somewhat to very concerned area. So the high end of that was at the very concerned to extremely concerned about inflation. That was a surprise to me. I would have thought there would have been some concern, but to back to your point, I would have thought a little more concern about current input costs. So it, that that point that you raised that we haven't seen worries about inflation for some time historically, and especially if you're a farmer that's under 45, you've really never had to probably deal with that. It is interesting that these numbers are as high as they are. Great segue there. As uh, you look at these figures uh, and these shifting kind of expectations, any major differences when it comes to maybe region of the country, demographics, age? I can imagine, especially in a year like 2021, given drought pressure in particular in some parts of the country, that could really shift your outlook for how well things are going in the farm economy. Yeah, good question. We do we do separate out people by region of the country, and we also do some breakouts. We ask them, do they consider themselves primarily a crop operation or a livestock operation? And they self-select that. So we, we just take their word as, as to whether most of their income comes from crops or livestock, and then we score them that way. Obviously, there are a lot of farmers that are have both on the farm, and so they have to pick one. But when we look around at, at those kinds of issues, we do find, this time we did find, that some of the highest drops in the numbers, so some of the, the most pessimistic mood coming in, came from the Midwest and came from crop farmers. And that's not a surprise when, when you think about it. The Midwest area, obviously the big crop production area in the country, and the, that input cost question 
that we were talking about earlier has really affected the crop production world. Obviously, livestock farmers are dealing with higher feed costs and things as well. But when we talk about things like fertilizer and chemical costs and some things like that are specifically related to crop production, those are all areas that, that have a great concern. So no surprise that compared to, so comparing the Midwest to say the Southwest and the Southeast, the Midwest farmers numbers dropped the most from both from a year ago and from pre-harvest back in August. And one of the things I didn't say, Sarah, is we do this survey three times a year. We do it in March, April, just before major crop planting in the Midwest um, for corn and soybeans, green and whatnot. We do it in August, just ahead of harvest. So just as corn pollination is finishing and, and those kinds of things are going on. And then we do it at this time, late no, mid to late November, basically ahead of tax season. And that gives us we don't do it monthly. We don't do it weekly. These three periods of time are times when farmers are really thinking about what the future is going to look like. And so we can compare how did they feel about pre-harvest as they were getting ready to harvest the crop versus what do they feel like now as they've got the crop in the bin. And back in throughout this year, the Midwest has had some of the lower numbers, some of the, some of the even when they were optimistic, even when it was up in the hundreds, still the Midwest was a little bit off of that in terms of the other parts of the country. That's a big part of the country, the Midwest. So how much of that was affected by droughts that they were experiencing? How much of that was affected by things like the fertilizer costs and stuff that we've been talking about? Big parts of, of that are, are probably all part of that answer. But but it was interesting to see that those 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 numbers are still among the most pessimistic or the least optimistic, depending upon what the situation is. We all, when we broke it out by crops versus livestock, again, that sort of common thread comes through that crop farmers were a little more pessimistic in, in at least the drops were higher versus the livestock producers had lower numbers by a little bit, 10, 15 points in most regions and most areas, but the drop from pre-harvest and the drop from a year ago wasn't as significant in the livestock sector as it was in the crop sector. Greg, we'll be right back to you right after this quick word from our sponsor. This episode of Field Post is brought to you by DTN Ag Marketplace. Marketing is a year-round business, but it's not your only job. As you focus on field work, monitor your opportunities and easily make an offer with help from the free DTN Ag Marketplace app. DTN Ag Marketplace facilitates end-to-end grain sales on your schedule. From your mobile device, you can easily connect to local agribusiness to view current cash bids and futures to sell your grain. Need more accountability in your marketing program? The app lets you set goals and monitor progress and enter and track inventory. Start to confidently market your crops with DTN Ag Marketplace. Download it today for free in the Apple Store. Now, back to the show. And we're back with the DTN Progressive Farmer Editor-in-Chief, Greg Horsmeyer. Greg, I want to switch gears a little bit and focus on that kind of future number, which I think, as we've talked about, obviously inflation and input costs are are a big part of the pessimism there. But I'm curious whether you are watching for kind of other, it seems like there's some other uncertainties as well that might be affecting that situation. Things like COVID come to mind. We, I guess the new variant would have come out after the survey was completed, but also things like policy that seem to be big question marks. How much do you think some of those other just not necessarily pure kind of challenges like high input costs, but but just uncertainties are playing into that future? I, I, I think they have to be playing in. And, and that's the one thing that these kinds of surveys, when you talk to economists, they 
you know, what to think about people and markets as rational and everything is based upon what the dollars are and that should make sense. But I think we know today that a lot of the marketplace and especially with crops and livestock that have futures prices that are based on all kinds of emotional things and all kinds of global politics and things, that emotion and what you were describing there, the other side of how we feel about things has to play into this. And certainly the uncertainty as to where things are going in Washington, the inflationary part of that, the deficit that's been creeping up, all of those things have to be in people's minds when we when we call them on the telephone and say, what do you think about the future? Do you think it's going to be better or, or worse than it is today? We try to ask those questions in a way which is just based upon dollars, but we know that those other things crop in. So yeah, I think those issues are, are great. I think a bit of concern about where things might be going policy-wise. The overall, the split in the country, honestly, not just in rural America, but everywhere in terms of the political issues that are going on. And then you throw a pandemic on top of that, where there's lots of differences, opinions about that and an uncertainty. And you're right, this survey was done before the Omicron variant was discovered, but there was still plenty of concerns and, and lots of changes globally. Europe had already begun doing some lockdowns and, and some additional things there that was reverberating the world you know, news cycle. So yeah, I think there's a lot of other things that, that had to be weighing in uh, on farmers' minds as they think about the future. It is uncertain times. We're talking about China a year ago, and one of the things that is a concern, Todd Holtman, our lead analyst, has been talking a lot about that lately, is we're not sure just where China is going to be on things coming up. So that continues to be a worry. What the South American crop situation is going to be and how much China is going to fill its coffers from South America could have an even bigger bearing on U.S. prices going into 2022 if, if they begin to get what they need and, and start to slow down a little bit. So those are some issues that are out there that I think have to be on farmers' minds as well. Yeah, so much uncertainty, which I don't know. I feel like I've been saying that for three years now. <laughs> Eventually, maybe that would become, you would, I would, I could imagine a world where the uncertainty just becomes baked into the system. But the thing is, what we're uncertain about changes all the time. So who, who would have thought? Who would have thought this this pandemic would have lasted as long as it has? Oh and, gosh, yeah. and at the moment, as you and I are sitting here, has the potential to even last longer than we thought a couple of months ago with this new variant. We'll, we'll be learning more about that in the future, hopefully really soon. But yeah, the uncertainty is always there. The, the other side of that, though, is you asked, what, what do I think farmers are actually feeling relative to everything? If farming is an uncertain business. If it, as, as I'm sure you've heard many people say on this podcast, if, if you're faint of heart, farming is not for you. And I think every year we go out in the field and we take care of the cows and we get the seed in the ground and we hope for the best, and some years are better than others. But we also know that if you look at the Ag Confidence Index over the, the time that we've been doing it, the 11 years we've been doing it, good times go away and bad times go away. It is a cyclical business, and we just have to ride those tides. That's one of the interesting things about the supply chain issues that we're dealing with now is some amount of it just feels like it's part of a cycle that is not unexpected. It's just happening late enough that it's hard to associate in your mind with what caused it. But yeah. when the hurricanes happened and when COVID happened and when all these things happened, we knew that there would be effects. But we all think that an effect happens like the day after. That is a very good point and a great point, uh, Sarah. And good the way you said that. Yeah, this supply chain issue, which is going to continue to haunt us for a while, 
is something that is late in the game. We thought we'd work through some of those things, I think, and is hanging on longer than what we thought um, for everybody, not just farmers, but for everybody in general. It doesn't matter if you're trying to buy parts for your tractor or, or buy a new car. It's an issue. I've just been trying to buy a new stove and I've been waiting for eight months to buy a new kitchen stove uh, to get it in. So things like that, I think, are, are certainly add to the uncertainty that we didn't expect as we go into this. And that's going to continue to weigh on consumers' minds and, and on farmers' minds. And farmers are, as we talked about that, that inflation question, farmers are paying attention to what's going on in the bigger environment. And when the economy starts to cool or has some things going on to it, they are much more worried about that today than maybe what they would have been 10, 15, 20 years ago. Some of that's driven by social media and the fact that we have such more of a immediate knowledge of something untoward going on out in the world. But uh, it certainly doesn't add to our, our optimism, that's for sure. And I think one of just my last couple of questions here, I'm curious as well as we think about these kind of numbers, I wonder how much also just obviously comparing two things where we are right now and where we might be in the future, how do we place that or how do you think about maybe putting that in a bigger context? Because it seems like part of one big reason why there would be such a large swing is just because for largely for much of 2021, it's been a really good year especially in kind of the, when we look at maybe the bigger history of the last decade or so, and just that from a really, a really good place, anywhere else doesn't look quite as good. So I'm curious how you think about keeping in mind the bigger context of just not just today and a year from now or a year ago, but how that fits into a whole career. I think that that's a really good question and a really good point. I think that the way that, that I look at that in reference to the the agricultural confidence index that we do is that relationship between the present scores and the future scores and looking back over those over time. We still have a lot of optimism at the moment coming through in this in this in this survey. And as you said, we are coming off of, of, of a pretty solid year. USDA, as we talked about earlier, is talking about much higher revenue this year than last and revenue that wasn't as reliant on, on government support payments as it was in, in the COVID year of 2020. Farm income is up overall. I think it's seven or eight billion bushels of, of bushels. I've been thinking about bushels all day. Seven or eight billion dollars above what the rise was in 2020. But much of that 2020 rise was based upon government payments. And a dollar spends like a dollar. But you know that in farmers' minds, farmers will always say, I'd rather have uh, a crop to sell or a calf crop to sell. And I'd rather make money that way than going to the mailbox and getting it. And so I think as I think about your, the question, how do farmers feel about things relative to time and place? I still feel that there's coming through, but there's not dire pessimism in terms of the sky is falling. And we saw that in numbers back in the early teens when we came off of the record high corn and soybean prices and, and we all produced really well. We had six, seven years there of solid agricultural production and a demand that didn't quite pick up enough to compensate for it. And so that was when the pessimism was really strong. I guess if you want me to put my finger on it overall, I think farmers are still in a pretty good mindset. We'll be visiting with them through the winter 
at uh, Farm Show and our own Ag Summit and things like that. Hope to put a little bit more flesh on the bones and talking to them as, as we go out and visit with them. But I think they're in a pretty good mindset. But but there's no doubt, we talked about it earlier, there's no doubt that they're concerned about the future. And that's beginning to, to really creep into their psyche, I think. If we continue to see inflation high, if we don't see an abatement in terms of input prices, and eventually everybody's saying this supply chain thing will go away, we'll eventually catch up in the worst point of that at the moment. And that's why inflation is high, is because we don't have the supplies that we need because of COVID and all the slowdowns, but the demand has begun to pick up. And that's what's really driving the inflation right now, what most economists will say. But there's still that uncertainty. So what does that look like a year from now? So I, I always say this whenever I talk about the Ag Confidence Index, I can't wait for the next one <laughs> because you're always wanting to see if the trend continues or not. And, I, and, and again, I would say it, there's no time that I would say that more than what I say now. Seeing this trend and concern about inflation and things like that, it'll be really interesting when we do this again in uh, late March, early April of 2022, where farmers' minds will be. To learn more about both the latest and historical Ag Confidence Index results, visit DTNPF.com or subscribe to the monthly DTN Progressive Farmer magazine. This episode of Field Post was brought to you by the team at DTN Progressive Farmer, with special thanks to Greg Horsmeyer. This episode was produced and edited by me, Sarah Mock, with support by Greg Hillier and Kylie Swanson. And a big thanks to all of you for listening. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And until then, remember... The future of farming is here. This episode of Field Post is brought to you by DTN Ag Weather Station. Are you looking to get more accurate, hyper-local weather information? By gathering weather and agronomic data directly from your own fields, DTN Ag Weather Station supports you when making targeted decisions around expensive or high-risk activities like chemical applications and irrigation. DTN's Ag Weather Station can be purchased for as low as $9 a month depending on your current customer status with DTN. If you're looking to increase your weather accuracy while saving time, please visit DTN.com.